crossroads of empires, battleground of the ages, city of peace and of war. This is Jerusalem, where archaeology uncovers the empires of yesterday, where prophecy decodes the headlines of today. This is where history and prophecy come alive. This is Watch Jerusalem. Hello and welcome back to Watch Jerusalem. I'm your host Brent Nachtigal. I'm coming to you today from Jerusalem, Israel. Although today, later on, we'll be on the Gaza border. I'm waiting for my bus right now at my bus stop uh, in Baca, a, a, a suburb in Jerusalem. I'm about to head into the city center and there meet with fellow journalists where we'll be getting on a bus and heading towards the Gaza Strip. Over the past 24 hours, there's been about 450 rockets or missiles that have been fired from the Gaza Strip towards Israeli communities on the border and inland as well. And, um, and we're going to go, I'm tr hoping that I can give you a first-hand account of this uh, situation. These are Iranian-backed terror groups, Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad, that are firing these rockets uh, into Israel. One Israeli civilian has died from the rocket attack in Ashkelon last night. This is the first Israeli casualty from the missile of Hamas or Palestinian Islamic Jihad uh, in about five years. So this is a significant uptick in violence. And I'm hoping that I can sh give you a first-hand account of of what the Israeli civilians are going through on the border uh, with today's program. So I'm going to get on my bus now and then I'll be uh, checking in and out with you throughout the day, updating on you on what I'm doing with interviews with, with other uh, officials and also civilians on the border. It's 10.20 a.m. and I'm just waiting for the bus here at Media Central in Jerusalem City Center before we depart. And I thought I'd update you on a few statistics. Um, apparently there have been 430 missiles fired. A hundred of those have been intercepted by the Iron Dome system. This is uh, a anti-missile system that Israel has deployed around the Gaza border, which uh, attempts to shoot down those rockets or missiles that are deemed uh, dangerous to hit populated centers. I think the other 100 or so have, or other 400 or 300, sorry, have hit open areas. And then those probably around 30 or so have actually hit targets, made it penetrated through the Iron Dome. One Israeli civilian has been killed, as I said, as one of these uh, missiles hit uh, Ashkelon, and then nine are being treated in hospital. School has been cancelled for those residents in the south, to that is 210,000 students. They will not be going to school. I think what's interesting uh, with the Iron Dome system has, has, is that it has set up Israel and Hamas to have a, a false sense of security. And Jonathan Stanza, he's the, uh, he works for the F uh, Foundation for Defense of Democracies. He tweeted this last night about uh, the Iron Dome system. He said this, quote, people take for granted how Iron Dome grants Israel time and space to make rational decisions that often fall short of full-scale war. And they often forget that what Hamas is doing right now would be uh, a cause uh, to go to war for any other country on Earth. He says this again, another tweet, I now believe that the Iron Dome has given Hamas, not Israel, a false sense of security. They think they can get away with the rocket fire because they know they will mostly be ineffective with only small percentages hitting the Israeli population. 
But with this high volume of rocket fire, even with the majority intercepted, notoriously cautious Netanyahu and IDF brass will not find it difficult to remain as restrained as they have been. The Israeli population is losing patience. And this is especially true, just ending what Mr. Shanza said there, with the, uh, we're just three days away now from Memorial Day and then the Independence Day following after that. So this is a, a week here where Israel does not want to be fighting a war. Uh, absolutely not. And then you've got the Eurovision Song Contest coming up. A lot of attention coming on Israel, and they do not want to be fighting this war against Hamas right now. But it seems as these rockets keep on coming on that Hamas is forcing the issue. And of course, at the background to Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad, we can't forget that it is Iran uh, that is behind them in this. Now, what led to the, the outbreak of violence is that we had numerous or a couple of skirmishes, skirmishes across the, the border on Thursday and Friday. A couple of snipers, Hamas snipers or Palestinian Islamic Jihad snipers, hit a couple of Israeli uh, soldiers on the border. And then there were some retaliatory strikes. And later on, on Friday night, is when this current barrage uh, started. And so there doesn't seem to be any slowdown right now. Uh, we'll see throughout the day there are mediation efforts between Egypt uh, and Hamas and also Israel, and we'll see if they come to anything. But I'm about to board on my bus here in five minutes uh, for the Gaza Strip. Uh, just one uh, last thing. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint uh, most of you, but uh, usually in Media Central, when we go down south, uh, uh, we bring peace to the area. So hopefully there'll be no, no sirens. Uh, but now well, I'm, I'm putting the laughter and the joke aside. If uh, in any case of the sirens while we are driving, so uh, we'll be very disciplined and we'll be very calm. The driver will stop at the side of the road and we'll all go uh, out orderly and we'll lie down on the ground and until I'll tell you to, to stand up and to go back to the car. And uh, we'll do similar if we'll be outside in Ashkelon or in Nachal Oz and we'll hear a siren. Uh, we'll go to a safety area. I'll tell you in advance in any location uh, what is the safety area and where we need to go in order to take, uh, uh, in order to take shelter. Okay? So I, so I wish us all a relatively quiet uh, day. And uh, Tal will uh, continue to update you regarding the, the schedule. We just got off the bus here in Ashkelon, it's about midday, and we're at the location uh, where a rocket attack landed at about 2.30 last night and ended up um, uh, injuring a man and then he ended up dying from his wounds later on in hospital. I'm now just walking around this location, massive uh, concrete wall that's been demolished and about a massive hole in the ground that's probably about five or six feet in diameter and then shrapnel the size of grapefruits that is going through this house where the man was killed. Apparently he was close to the front door when it took place and so his house I don't think is actually fitted with a safe room itself and that has been um, littered uh, with sh shrapnel uh, all over the walls. On the, on the exterior which would have penetrated I can see right through into the building um, because of this shrapnel. Right. So, uh, I'll say my, uh, my name and, uh, and the position. My name is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus. I am the head of the International Media Branch in the IDF Spokesperson Unit. Tell me when you're good. We're uh, standing in Ashkelon, uh, in a, uh, at the, the outside of a civilian house 
where this night a rocket struck and uh, led to the unfortunate death of an Israeli civilian, the first Israeli civilian to be killed by a rocket since the summer of 2014. Over the last 24 hours, Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad have fired more than 450 rockets at Israeli civilians with the specific purpose of killing Israeli civilians. Hamas and uh, the PIJ are operating together, they are coordinating their fire and they have fired massive amounts of rockets at different Israeli cities. Currently we are speaking about the distance of 40 kilometers, but we are aware of terrorist intentions to broaden that range and perhaps to target additional Israeli civilians. In response, the IDF has uh, struck 220 military targets belonging to Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. We will continue to strike military targets. As of now, we are aware of eight Hamas and PIJ combatants, terrorists that have been killed by the IDF. And we definitely have the capacity and the intention to continue operating uh, as ordered by the Israeli leadership uh, and uh, by our higher command. I am not aware of any talks about a ceasefire. Our orders are very clear to continue to defend Israeli civilians and to focus on operating the Iron Dome array as well as operating our offensive capacities inside the Gaza Strip led by the Israeli Air Force but not limited to the Israeli Air Force. We have also scrambled uh, an uh, armored brigade that is currently deployed uh, just by the Gaza Strip, the 7th Armored Brigade, which has been dispatched in order to be prepared to conduct offensive tasks, not to strengthen the defense, but to be ready, if necessary, to conduct offensive uh, missions in uh, the Gaza area. Any questions? Um, do, do, why do, they, do you have so many rockets? Do you think that uh, Hamas and the were weakened or not? Well, the unfortunate uh, situation is that uh, Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad are able to smuggle into the Gaza Strip as well as produce uh, substantial amounts of rockets of different calibers capable of striking Israeli civilians. Uh, that is a result of uh, Iranian funding, mostly to the PIJ, but not only, and uh, lots of budget and efforts done by these terrorist organizations, which is focused on uh, acquiring or producing weapons instead of providing infrastructure and building the necessary uh, infrastructure for uh, civilians in Gaza. We see that the terrorist organizations spend their money and their capacities on build-up and acquiring or producing arms, digging terrorist tunnels, trying to get into Israel instead of building the Gaza Strip. Do you think that tunnel that was uh, that you blew up, were they planning to use that like now? Our intelligence suggests that the Palestinian Islamic Jihad uh, tried to accelerate the uh, building or the construction of that tunnel and they were trying to make that operational in the immediate term. Uh, we know that they spent massive efforts on doing so, uh, manpower as well as financial capabilities. We monitored the progress of that work, we have been monitoring for quite some time, and the moment that tunnel crossed into Israel, 
uh, we took the opportunity to strike and dismantle that tunnel, sending a clear message to the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and to other terrorists in Gaza that we are aware of their activities and we have the ability to locate and to destroy these uh, offensive terrorist uh, infrastructures that penetrate into Israel. It's definitely millions. Our ballpark figure is that each terrorist tunnel is at least three million dollars when you take into account the cement, the manpower and the intelligence and the concealment efforts that are taken in order to build such a or dig such a tunnel. Many times it is kilometers of uh, length and sometimes they are very deep. This specific tunnel was 20 meters deep, of course reinforced with concrete. Concrete produced inside the Gaza Strip. Some of the concrete, if not all of it, was uh, produced using humanitarian imports that are allowed into the Gaza Strip through the Kerem Shalom crossing uh, under Israeli uh, services and support. Any idea about the, numbers, the number of rockets who fell into residential areas? So uh, out of 450 rockets fired over the last 24 hours, approximately 70% of the rockets fired were less effective and landed in open terrain. And the uh, Iron Dome system has been working so far very well, saving countless Israeli lives uh, and has intercepted uh, about 150 of those rockets fired. Uh, we try not to take chances, despite the fact that the terrorist organizations, they fire in different directions at different targets simultaneously and try to do many things in order to challenge our systems. At the end of the day, so far, the results are positive. I say that with, of course, sorrow over the fact that we have an Israeli civilian that was uh, killed here in Ashkelon by a rocket fired from Gaza. But overall, the percentages, the interception rate is very good. We continue to learn what the terrorists are trying to do and adapt our systems accordingly. At the end of the day, our business is to defend Israeli civilians against Hamas terrorists. You spoke, you spoke to Iran's uh, funding of PIJ. Is there any inf uh, idea whether Iran's directly behind this uptick or anything in that matter? Well, the, uh, it, we see Iranian fingerprints on almost all of the hostile endeavors perpetrated against Israel, we see Iranian fingerprints, whether it is Hezbollah in the north, whether it is the Iranian Revolutionary Guard that is trying to entrench itself in Syria and has tried three times to attack Israel from Syrian soil and has been uh, uh, dealt with quite severely by Israel. And we see Iranian fingerprints mostly in the Gaza Strip focused on the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, but not limited to. That materializes in money, weapons, uh, logistic support, military training and of course political guidance. Uh, and the links between the Iranian regime and the PIJ are very strong and there's, uh, I would say, almost total reliance on part of the PIJ, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, on Iranian funding and weapons. Almost all of the mortars, rockets and missiles fired by the PIJ either were manufactured in Iran or were purchased with Iranian money. What about decision-making for this current wave of attacks? Decision-making, there's uh, still a certain degree of independence for the local terrorists here. We've seen differences between the PIJ and Hamas, and we've seen that Hamas has tried but failed to uh, ascertain their or to 
have an influence on uh, the PIJ. We see that the PIJ is actively trying to drag everybody, Hamas, Israel and themselves, into uh, a significant escalation. And our message to Hamas is that we hold Hamas accountable for every act of aggression from Gaza Strip to Israel. And they are the ones who are supposed to rein in this very rogue terrorist organization called the PIJ. Do you know more about the type of rocket that hit that house? Uh, Hamas and the PIJ have been firing different various types of uh, homemade as well as standardized rockets. This, according to the warhead and according to the amount of damage that we can see, the size of the shrapnel, we're still uh, doing a technical analysis of, uh, uh, of the findings here, but it seems to have been a uh, relatively large warhead uh, that uh, impacted here and led to the very tragic and unfortunate death of an Israeli civilian here in Ashkelon intelligence of how much uh, stockpile of rockets they have in the Gaza area? We have estimates of uh, dozens of thousands of rockets and mortars that are in the possession of Hamas, the PIJ and other smaller terrorist organizations in Gaza. Uh, obviously these weapons, contrary to Hamas and PIJ claims, are not for defensive purposes. They are for offensive purposes. These rockets are aimed they are fired from within the civilian population in Gaza, thus endangering civilians in Gaza. And they are aimed at Israeli civilians with the purpose of killing, and if not killing, then terrorizing. And uh, that's what these organizations try to do. I'm happy that we have our active defense systems, the Iron Dome, which so far has been hugely successful and has saved countless Israeli lives. But at the end of the day, massive amounts of fire, 450 uh, rockets fired over the last 24 hours. So far the defenses are very good and we call on Israeli civilians to listen to and adhere to the instructions by the Home Front Command whenever there's a siren sounded to go immediately to the nearest bomb shelter uh, and to wait for uh, explosions or to an all clear message. I'm standing here just outside the property in Ashkelon of the man that was uh, hit by shrapnel and has since died. And I couldn't help but notice in his yard two magnificent Norfolk pine trees, one of them with a smashed limb uh, that's on the ground now. And I couldn't help but recall my, my own childhood in Australia where these uh, Norfolk pines are everywhere and going to the beach, having fun, having a picture of serenity really experiencing that. And here we have in Israel by the coast, a similar ecosystem, similar trees that can flourish, and yet the people are going through something that is so foreign, so foreign to those in Australia or really anywhere else in the world living underneath this constant barrage of missiles. Guys, 
It's uh, one o'clock, and um, you probably just heard that commotion. I was outside, just just recording a little bit of, of uh, just recording a little segment, and then I heard the code red signs. I thought I've got to get my I've got to get to safety, but then I was like, where do I go? I'm on the middle of the street, and so I look up, and straight above me, I see the Iron Dome rocket fire into the air that is chasing down uh, the other rocket that was coming overhead from the south. And then the, I couldn't get, I had the great plan of getting my camera out to get a video of it, but I just ditched that plan and I ran to safety. And where was the only place that was safe? Well, it was in the house of the man that had just died. And so I went into that house and was surrounded right next to the police spokesman, not the police spokesman, the IDF spokesman. And he's there on the ground and my heart started pumping uh, hard. It was like I heard the thumps of the impacts. My heart just felt like it was just as loud as that. And here we all were huddled in a house that 12 hours earlier, or less than that now, 10 hours earlier, a man had died in, uh, trying to escape a rocket that we were just trying to escape also. And so this is a, a crazy world uh, we live in, a crazy experience um, to go through. And it was, I mean, very sad to all of us huddled there in the home of the people with people that are mourning the family members of the man uh, that was just killed. There's a bunch of other people and here's another siren. I've got to get back in the same house again, running to the same house again to get back down. Wow. And so there it was again, wow, uh, right by the IDF spokesman, squatted in a house, hearing the thumps of these rockets get hit out of the sky. As I was running there, I looked up and I saw that like a, a spiral, like uh, fingers um, through the sky, chasing down these, this barrage of rockets to try and hit them. That was the Iron Dome, trying to destroy that. And um, again, they're huddled with the grieving people that lovingly took us into their home as they try and grieve the loss of uh, one of their family members. Okay, we're getting back on the bus now. Oh, here's another one, back in the same house. Oh wow. Guys, 
Guys, can you all hear me at the back? So just a quick uh, reminder, if uh, there will be another uh, siren, uh, so at maximum we have 30 seconds until the, the rocket hits, but it can be also less. So of course we need to remain as calm as we can and orderly to get out of the bus. And then uh, we try. We can. We should go next to a wall. <coughs> be as low as we can. If there is no wall, next to a car, and stay low. Lie on the ground, okay. And now uh, wait until until it's uh, until it's over, okay. If we're close to a building and there's enough time, so we'll and then we'll go inside to the stairs. We were supposed to go to the municipality after this meeting. We scheduled it earlier in the morning, but because of the recent attacks, um, they went to uh, some uh, uh, some uh, some meetings and they and they postponed the meeting at the moment. So uh, we've got two two options. Um, basically, one option is to go to the house here in Ashkelon that was directly hit a few minutes ago. Um, and the second option is to go to Nachalos, to the kibbutz, uh, which also had a, a direct hit uh, this night. So uh, we're checking now what is the best uh, best way for us to, to continue. Um, we'll update you shortly. <coughs> it's 1.30 and we're just getting off the bus and we're going to a, uh, a place that was recently hit. It was just hit. Um, while we were sheltered half an hour ago in that other people's uh, in, the, in the house of the deceased man as we're sheltered there this is where those rocket landed that penetrated the iron dome and we're walking fast now to try and get to see the location of this other factory in Ashkelon uh, where this rocket hit I can click Okay. So could you tell us uh, what's happening here? Yeah, a few minutes ago we received a report of a rocket which hit the, fa hit the factory behind us. We received within a few minutes with EMTs, paramedics, and motorbikes and ambulances. We evacuated one, two critically injured patients, one seriously injured and one suffering from stress symptom symptoms. So was the, was the factory working? Were there a lot of people? It was just there were a number of people here. We don't know if the factory was working or not. We don't know. We don't know yet. So, um, uh, wounds from uh, sorry, um, from shrapnel, wounds from shrapnel in the chest and in neck areas. Um, those were the injuries which we saw here. When they reached the hospital, we received a better report. Are they stable? No, they're unstable. We fear for their lives. Was, were there? Do you know if they were uh, like hiding in the shelter, or did they had a time to uh, hide in the shelter? So the time here is very, very short to reach the shelter. We don't know if they're in the shelter or not. We found them in the open area. How many people So we're on full alert. Every single ambulance, every single motorbike is is occupied and is in a, on a high alert and is responding to every single call. We don't have enough. There's hundreds of volunteers. We don't know the exact number. How many minutes it take to the hospital? From here to the hospital is probably around seven minutes. Um, depends on traffic. Depends on uh, on many different things. They respond very very quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
So we just talked to Uriah Goldberg. He is representative of McGinna Dom. They are the ambulance workers, emergency service workers. He was actually just at that house with us. I saw him jump into an ambulance as I was running for cover into, inside the house. And apparently he was coming to this location to deal with the patients here, uh, or the people here. As he said, I think there was three injured, two extremely critically that have been rushed to the hospital now. I just heard that over the past hour since we got to Ashkelon, there have been over a hundred rockets or missiles that were fired towards Israel. This is extremely um, rapid fire and it seems like the Iron Dome wasn't able to keep up uh, with it and which is why we have this one landing and a couple others actually here in Ashkelon. So after Ashkelon we are now heading towards uh, a kibbutz that's right on the edge of the Gaza Strip to check out a site that was um, attacked and hit last night also. We just heard that the road that we were going to go down uh, has been blocked off because there is a car there that either exploded by a, a random rocket uh, which hit it or it was a uh, anti-tank missile that was fired towards it from the Gaza Strip. Now if it's an anti-tank missile it means that they are that the terrorists are now targeting cars in this area and so that's why the road will be blocked and, and good that that is the case. Had I known that this was going to uh, flare up to this degree, we haven't seen an uptick like this in years, I probably wouldn't have even come in on the trip. Um, but here I am right now and in a way I am thankful that, that um, this reality of the, the difficulty that Israel is facing right now and these uh, Israeli citizens are facing constantly from, from these terrorists is going to be um, more well-known, more widely known. It also speaks to, again, the threat that Iran does pose to the Israeli state. They are acting on their desires to take Jerusalem, to take Israel, as we have spoken about so long. They, for so long, they have Hezbollah in the north, and they have uh, Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad in the south. Terrorist entities with huge arsenals of missiles. Hezbollah has over 150,000 more powerful missiles than Hamas that have been waiting that are waiting for Iran's orders to be fired on the northern communities of Israel. And so, as we head back to Jerusalem, this is a, a very somber day for me just to experience that uh, with the family of a deceased man in their house huddling from the same bomb uh, style of, of missile, sorry, uh, that did take out one of their relatives. They say lightning doesn't strike twice, and today it didn't, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, but this is just a reminder of the situation that is saying that Israel is under right now. And this is a situation that will not get better in the short term. Bible prophecy very clearly talks about how Israel is going to face an increasingly belligerent Iranian threat. An Iranian threat that's going to keep on pushing on Israel's borders until it successfully actually takes half of Jerusalem. But that's not the end of the prophecy either that found over there in Zechariah chapter uh, 12. It also talks about how that, that, that uh, this Iranian push on Jerusalem through its proxies is actually going to engulf the region and then eventually the world as well. And so while everyone else on the planet is going about their normal day today, uh, here I am and just in about two and a half, for, just been on the border for about two and a half hours, have experienced what these Israeli communities have experienced for years. And this is coming actually to everywhere on the planet. Um, this type of threat and it's real and it, it no matter how strong you feel like you are your heart will be pumping and it will be very scary um, but the announcement of that time period or, or that that 
time of Jacob's trouble as it's talked about in the Bible in the book of Jeremiah. That's only a brief period of time and then it's all going to be over. It's all going to be over finally for good. War will be done. No one will be huddling in their homes after the, uh, uh, grieving the loss of a, a family member the day before and hiding from the very same attack hours later in that same home. That won't happen again. Those days are almost over, not just for these people, but for everyone on the planet. If you want to know much more about that hope and how these uh, prophecies are taking place today here in Israel and how they will engulf the world, and the hope that is thereafter, you can request the book by our editor-in-chief, Jerusalem in Prophecy. It's available at our website, watchjerusalem.co.il. If you want to send some feedback as well on the program, today's program or any, you can do so by writing to letters at watchjerusalem.co.il also. But thanks again for listening to this special program uh, from the Gaza border. I will see you later. I'll talk to you next week. And please do go ahead and request that free book by our editor-in-chief. The hope that book will fill you with hope. Again, it's entitled Jerusalem and Prophecy, and it's available at our website, watchjerusalem.co.il.